0: So, where did we leave off? We left off, we were talking about not only did the church have to contend with persecution, remember the early church, the church also had to contend with problems within itself, heresies, we call them, things within themselves that led to issues, um, fights, things they decided were inaccurate according to what Jesus taught or the, the, the teachings that have been passed down to Jesus. Um, we were talking last week about philosophical heresies, which means they're based on philosophy, not necessarily like theology, but philosophy based out of the Western world. Remember, their contact with the Greeks in that philosophical worldview the Aristotle, Plato, all those people that you're like, wow, I hated studying those in high school, if you studied them in high school. Some of you are like, I skipped that class. Um, but you know, the, all those classes on uh, on those people, they influenced, and so you had these, this way of thinking that came up in the West that was very philosophically based, and um, and the, so these led to some heresies as the Gentile and Jewish world met in this new religion of Christianity, this new way of, 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 of thinking in Christ. And as they met, they had this this huge thing. And so last week we talked, uh, spent most of the time on Gnosticism. Gnosticism. Now, I know some of you were confused about Gnosticism. Some of you were like, wow, that's fantastic the main thing to remember about Gnosticism was that it was a philosophical heresy it means it was not biblical based on that knowledge secret knowledge will save you and it had remember we had all kinds of differences like who Christ was and what the snake's purpose was and who the God of the Old Testament it was and all these differences that we still see today we still see these today. So we're going to continue talking about some of these philosophical heresies that we still see today. And one of them is Manichaeism. Uh, and that's a really big word because it actually means, um, the, it was, it's actually named after Macius or Manny, the, the founder. That's why it has its weird name, because the founder's name was Manny. And this is another one of those heresies that came up that the church had to contend with. And it was a, a, it's similar to Gnosticism. It came out around the middle of the third century, um, say 250, that area. Not exactly 250, but around the era, AD 250, around that time period. Um, and uh, this religion, this, this well not religion, this branch of uh, this heresy of Christianity was a combination of Christian thought with a religion called Zoroastrianism. Now who has heard about Zoroastrianism? I'm not gonna go through Zorian Astrianism, but who has heard of it? Yeah, you've heard of it? That's fantastic. Who knows what it is? Can you tell me about it? Okay. Anyone tell me about it? Zoroastrianism is a religion out of Persia. Um think Nebuchadnezzar. That that area. Uh, I'm trying to think of characters, people you would know. Nebuchadnezzar, you probably won't know him. Um, Darius, those people. Um, Zoroastrianism is a religion that is um, similar to Christianity, but very, very different as well. It is dualistic and monotheistic at the same time. (laughs) Duo and monotheistic. They have one God that has two aspects that are always at war with each other. Um, And like I said, this religion is based out of Persia, and it is probably, very likely, not, we don't know this, but very likely what the Magi, or the religion of the Magi that came to visit Jesus, they very well could have been uh, Zoroastrianists. Um, they have a book, uh, the Avest is their, their scriptures. I have a copy of it. Um, interesting read. Um, but, um, yeah, so it's an interesting dualist. So, so, but Manny, um, took, he was a, a well-traveled, um, missionary i guess is what he what he felt like he was i don't know i wouldn't call him missionary but well-traveled man who took ideas from christianity and zoriaster and some other uh, oriental religions um near eastern religions and kind of combined them sync remember that word syncretism they sync the two religion the religions together to form this this um this, this brand of Christianity that was labeled a heresy, but it does spread among the churches in the Christian faith, which is why we know of it. Um, he believed that there in, in two opposing eternal principles, which is Zoroastrianism. Um, light and darkness, always at war with each other. Which we talked about when we talked about Gnosticism. Light and darkness are not at war with each other. Darkness is just the absence of light. That's the Christian view. But the these, these Zornasher view is it's always at war with each other. There's two opposing thought, thoughts. This is where you get ideas. And I've seen this even in Christian churches that Jesus versus the devil. That's not how the Bible works. Because the devil can't be equal to God, and we and, and so we, we we try to you know put them on the same football field, and they're not. Um, in many salvation is the matter of of liberating the light in your soul through Jesus Christ and and being. Exposed to the light, so your, your materialism and, and so you—it you, was all about being exposed to the light, and that would bring you into the light and bring you to salvation um, against the dark forces. Um, one of the things that uh, Manichaeism is very famous for, and this is probably where it really has a big influence on. Christianity for the next thousand years, is it is very much an emphasis on a, an ascetic life. What's that mean, ascetic life? Ascetic. Ascetic. A-S-C-E-T-I-C. Ascetic. ascetic. What? It means, um, well, yeah, it's um, doing without. Um, I guess when we think of ascetic, you might think of like uh, monks, nuns. You know, they go, they live without vow of chastity, vow of poverty, vow of... This way of thinking actually started with these heresies. The early church does not have... Um, these kind of things until they mix with like nuns um, come from a combination of ascetic living plus the vestal virgins from the Romans and and they start developing these ideas. Um, This asceticism is actually one of the things that will influence, um, lead into, will help start separating the priestly class from the rest of the believers. See, in the early church, it was, you know, the the people were, you know, the people. They were all disciples of Jesus, right? Equal. Well, with these heresies, you start seeing a separation, the priest and the rest. And we still see that division in today in many of our churches. And they start with these heresies. Uh that's one of the things. Uh, Manachneism is uh, many is one of his major things that developed. Was this is something that will last for generations, um, thousands of years, and so um, you know he will emphasize. Uh, he, will, he will he'll state that sex is evil and better to be unmarried. Thus, what develops into the idea that priests should be uh, celibate all their lives. Absolutely. They were, but then, and, but, but, and you could say that was the priesthood, but that was a Levite tribe, and, and so when Judaism came when Christianity came around, they don't have a Levitic tribe. You have people that become priests, and so, the, yes, that's where some of this comes from, is they were taken, like, oh, well, we're joining the priesthood, so we should be more like the Levites. Um, but that was not like the, Paul's way of thinking. He didn't separate himself in that way. Um, he didn't say, Timothy, you got to be like a Levite. And so this is where that kind of starts th- coming, uh, things start coming up. Um, and as I said, it will develop over time. They'll, they'll take it from this heresy and then bring it back in using verses like this to continue on a practice that they actually like, in a way. And so it lasts for thousands of years. Um, Even Augustine, which, I don't know, we'll talk about Augustine in a little while. Not today, but a little while. Um, Many of you guys have heard of Augustine. Um, He was one of the St. Augustine, maybe. Uh, His Confessions is very famous. If you've not had a chance to read St. Augustine's Confessions, you should. It's a a tough read, but it's a good read. Um, But um, Augustine's, uh, during his time where he was seeking the truth, was a disciple of the Menachines for 12 years. Um, So it very much influenced his life. Now, he will eventually turn away, from Manny's teaching, but it still he still carries that with him as he goes on, some of those teachings. Because, um, you know, we look at our own lives, we're, we're not immune to what we, you know, even though we may disagree, we still carry some of those things we've learned from the past with us. Now, for the next one, I'm going to use the word mysticism. So I thought I would better define that term <laughs> because we're not talking about illusions doing magic tricks. Pick a card. <laughs> um, mysticism comes in three forms. Um, one type um, in which the emphasis is no on how man comes to know God. Um, and it's usually... Um, um, this type of messicism is, um, is to know God and, uh, in immediate and, and comes directly to us through intuition or spiritual illumination, um, reason. And in some cases of the of type one, in some cases, of the Bible is even, uh, sub beneath your own inner light, in that first one Um, medieval mystics um, some Roman Catholic Quakerist of the 17th century and uh, you know medievalist Roman Catholics will hold to this kind of the Bible is beneath our own inner light where God is speaking to us and that's a type of mysticism that will progress and we'll still see it today the, that's ep- epistemological. The metaphysical is um, is, is uh, the type of a mysticism in which the spiritual essence of man is thought to be absorbed mystically into the divine being, occasional uh, in occasional experiences and um, here and now. Um, this is like um, the idea held by some, not, spirit, not, not biblical, but held by some, that when you die, your soul becomes part of the divine. Um, and you'll see this in, in this next group, the Neoplatonists, which we're going to talk about next. Um, but some middle-aged people, Buddhist will often hold to this kind of thing, you become part of the universe, the divine universe. Um, That's a form of mysticism, where you become part of the divine, whatever that divine is, whether it's the universe or the doorknob, you become part of it. Um, And that's a form of mysticism. And then there's ethical and spiritual type of mysticism, in which um, the individual is related to God through his identification with Christ and dwelled in the Holy Spirit this is you know the teaching of the scriptures um, yes the teachers do have an element of mysticism in them as it is mystical in how this all happens and um, we are related to God and our identification with Christ in some way that he has adopted us and that is a form of mysticism I know that word scares us. We don't like the word mystic because we think of all the crazy people out there. But it doesn't have to be bad. There is elements of mysticism in Christianity. But it is not some of these other forms of mysticism that we're going to talk about. Uh, in a ele- way, yeah, faith is a form of mysticism. There's an element to faith that is beyond reason, and it's a mystic you know prayer is a mystic art how we pray meditation it's part of you know we call them um you know they're 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 disciplines but they are part of the mystic tradition how we we do things our our rituals and practices and stuff like that is is very much a mystic part of the mystic we would consider mysticism there's nothing wrong with that we all have you know a lot of people oh. have mystic, atheists have myth, mysticism part of this, you know. Um, you ever met that football fan that, you know, uh, wears those shoes because that's when his team's won? That's mystic arts. <laughs> um, superstitions. Um, that's, you know, things that don't actually, you know, you can't relate to reason and, and you know, faith, it's part of the mystic. And I'm defining terms so that we're all on the same page so you're not freaking out when I use the term. Um, but there are forms of mysticism that are very different in thinking, like Neoplatonism, which is the next one we're going to talk about, is a mystic art, but it's very different, Um, but born out of the the prayer and the mystic part of Christianity. Um, Neoplatonism... Originates in Alexandria of Egypt. Um, he was uh, the uh, the creator of this, um, Saccas, was born of Christian parents. Um, um, Origen, actually, uh, one of the early church fathers, and, and Plotinus, which we both of those will talk about later, um, study under Saccas for. Uh, for a time period. So he is influential as well. Um, Platonus becomes the leader uh, of this thought and uh, origin. will go a different direction. But um, Neoplatonists um, believe in an absolute being of transcendent source of all which is really way hard for us to count on all things is through this transcendent source Uh, from all was created from the process of overflow of the source the source was there and it created all things out of its overflow Um, and like i said this is part of the mystic trait so it's not something that you're supposed to be like that doesn't make sense it's makes sense. You have to think like a mystic. <laughs> it may not make sense to you in your western mostly Greek philosophical platonic way of thinking because we're very much platonists or humanists um, in our way of thinking. And so this kind of um, the overflow or um, um, it, the overflow of of this being results in the creation of man as a reasoning soul and body. And the goal of the universe in their thinking was to reabsorb the divine essence from all that had come combined. So kind of a weird one. Um, this... Um, The, the, but where this, 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 this uh, Neoplatonist becomes influential is because um, the, the, the mystical intuition that seeks to know God and be absorbed into the one becomes the experience of ecstasy that you're always seeking. You're always seeking. You know that mountain high when you're in your religious mountain high? You ever been there? After a camp event, or you had that real spiritual moment, and you're you're that that high. That's kind of the feeling, the ecstasy, the highest state one could be at, and so they're always seeking that moment. And um, and it's at that state they're trying to is be absorbed into the oneness through these moments in their life. And. Um, they're always seeking that that divine joy and if they're just not there they're not one with with the, the source they are they're just chasing experience and they're always but they will do ritual patterns to invoke those way of feeling uh, and which isn't that uncommon think back about things that you do that make, to you know make you feel good you know we have like retreats women you guys go on the retreat right it leads to a state of where you know helps you grow together and have that emotional high and stuff like that they go to a little more extreme than you guys do but <laughs> but we have those rituals to try to reach those 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 experiences they help renew us now but when that becomes all of your life is seeking these moments then you he you, you, you gets caught up in just these ideas. And Augustine will inf- be influenced by this. Um, uh, the Emperor Julian, who's known as the apostate, I put that apostate, um, embraces this form of Christianity during his reign. Um, he only reigns from 361 to 363 and tries to make it the, the state religion. Um, Augustine, uh, will, will, Augustine will, will brace it for a sport of time in his quest for the truth. Um, it will contribute, and like I said, it will contribute to the rise of mysticism in Christianity and provide an attractive substitute to, to um, for Christians, um, who don't want to devote themselves to um, the full Christianity. They still want to hold on to some of their old pa- uh, other, other religions. They sink this out. Um, Neoplatonism was going to die out early in the 6th uh, century. Um, but very influential uh, because it does lead to a mystic side of Christianity. And even though it, it doesn't take real hold... It leads to some of its teachings being brought into the mainstream to bring in a mystic side of Christianity. Um, so it has its influences there. But not only did they have early Christians have philosophical heresies they have to deal with, they also have to deal with theological errors. Isn't this one of those things we're always struggling with, right? and it's okay to have these discussions right because sometimes we don't agree on things and sometimes those things are just disagreements and they're okay and sometimes they're not okay you know they're theological errors um and sometimes we take things that would be okay and we make them theological errors and they're not that big of a deal but sometimes we need to take them this way sometimes we let things come in that really are bad um But um, I'm going to give two examples of this. There are more than this, but uh, I I listed two examples of this. The first one being Montanism. Um, Once again, named after a person's name. Uh, Montanus. Uh, This emerges in Phyggria about 155. Yeah. Oops. Okay. Uh, As an attempt um, on the part of Montanus to meet with the problem of formalism in the church and the dependence on church, on human uh, leadership instead of the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he'll resort to. He'll teach, a, he'll, he'll attempt to, to combat all the human organization within the the church. Which, in some of us, that sounds like a good thing, right? We don't want, we want the Holy Spirit move. We don't want just the formal, you know, because there are starting to form bishops and, and these kind of things that will become, and he's, um, and actually the second address, um and, um, Doctrines of the second Adventist and the Holy Spirit will become uh, re-assorted during this time and um, but he kind of takes things I guess if if we're we're upset about the the way things are going and you don't like it's becoming too human led not enough Holy Spirit in it he doesn't find like a middle ground he like swings all the way (laughs) like like too far this way. And that's where he really ends up probably, he just swings, you know. Like, because they are starting to see things like the 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 Pope system starting to, the bishops and all that stuff are, are forming. And he's, you know, he doesn't like that. And so he wants, but he swings it too far and he actually beco- um, um, becomes known as, um, he, he says um, that he is the the voice of the Father, the Word, and the paraclete. He's the voice of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, he uh, is going to decide that he and these um, and, and his, uh, his prophets uh, with him, um, Maximilia and uh, Priscilla, are going to... Um, Going to preach and and they advocate uh, chastity, which means no sex. They uh, they advocate martyrdom. You should seek to be martyred. Um, fasting to the extreme, not like um, you know. There's been cases we've seen where they've starved themselves in their fasting to the point of death. Um, which was seen as a good thing in their way of thinking, to starve yourself to fast to the point of death. Um, uh, he prophesied that the heavenly Jerusalem would soon descend on their hometown of Phygia. Um So he, he kind of said that, that the end is now. He was one of those the end is now people. You know, the Second Jerusalem, being new heaven and new earth, and the Second Jerusalem. The end is now. It's going to be here. We don't need to be having sex. We don't need to be having families. We don't need more uh, marriages because God's here, like now. And uh, we still see those kind of people today, don't we? My question is, how thick is the line between theological errors and right outclass? Um. Well, it will be decided by the church, really. Um, Some of these theological hours are straight-up blasphemies, and some of these are just uh, misinterpretations of the Scriptures. Um, He is misusing the Scriptures um, to be the voice of the Father, the Word, and the Paraclete. The, the church will actually react against these, um, this movement in the Council of Constantinople in 381 and declare them to be looked upon as pagans, is what the, the wording states there. So look at them as if they're not even Christian. They are pagans, this group of people. Um, but Tertullian, which is one of my favorite church fathers, uh, he actually found this new group become appealing and becomes a modernist, um, which I, I didn't like, but I like his works. Um, his movement was strongest in Carthage and the Eastern Islands. Um, my favorite quote of his, let me see, bring it up, there it is. I am chasing like a wolf from the sheep like this I am no wolf he says I am word and spirit and power pretty bold words I am word I am spirit I am power he's starting to work be worshiped as God and this is uh, so he will be that's why they'll say in 381 look at them like pagans they are worshiping a false God Monarchism. Now, this one—the first—the word itself is weird to us, but it's not that. It's actually kind of a cool word. Um, It refers to one rule, um, referring to the sovereign God of the universe. Um, that's what monarchy is means. Um, so it's just focusing on the monarch of God. Um, it is said that they erred because of their excessive zeal in emphasizing the unity of God, in a, a, a po- opposition to attempt to of any three separate personalities of God. What I mean by that, they deny the Trinity. Um, they want one God to the point where they're going to deny Trinity. And Trinity, at this point, is, it has, is being established in, in 325 and then 4, whatever it is, um, which I can't think of this, uh, right off the top of my head, in the Councils of Constantinople. They develop, and we'll read about those um, soon enough. Um, They'll establish this idea of Trinity, which you'll never find Trinity in the scriptures. It's one of those those things that we just we have trouble understanding. But we do see in the scriptures Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and so we have to deal with it. Is there three gods? Is there one God? You know, and the common way we talk about it is there's one God, but three. Um, I guess essence would be the right word. Ousias. Um, um, I know the word in Greek. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, and so the problem becomes for, for, um, for the, the monarchianism is how do we relate Christ to God? And we still see this problem today. And we'll continue seeing this in, in the Constantinople. Um, how do we relate Christ and God together? Um, he will uphold. Um, the monarchist theism will, will end up denying Christ as being divine savior is what they'll end up doing is they'll they'll say that he's fully man and not God. Maybe part of him is is forth God. Um, he will say that um, Well, there's two really different ways. There's dynamic monarchism and modalism. Um, dynamic really denies Jesus being Savior. And then modalism is the idea that um, there weren't three persons, like there wasn't Father who was separate from, but is God, but separate from the Father. So like Trinity teaches, you've got Father, which isn't the Son, but is God. You've got the Holy Spirit, which isn't the Father, but is God. Father isn't the Holy Spirit, but is God. And you get, they're all three parts, one God um, in this divine way. Um, Modalism will say that there is a... Um, what's the right word? Um... Three manifestations, that's the word I'm looking for, manifestations of God. God the Father is the Old Testament, then he becomes an aspect of him, just a manifestation of him in, in Jesus, but it's still the same God. He's, he's, and then he becomes the Holy Spirit. It's just same God, but same, but, but an aspect of him. Like uh, a, a man may be, you know, is the child, then becomes the father, then becomes the grandpa. It's three aspects of the same person, three manifestations of the same God, which denies that there could be the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit at the same time. And modelism doesn't believe that there's three God, three personality, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three trinity at the same time. And so it becomes looked upon as a heresy um, because it does deny when, when Jesus is there at the cross, his father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, well, how do you deal with that if it's just the same aspect? And so all, all three manifestations are there at the same time, but there's just one God, and, but it's not like Jesus talking to himself is basically what they'd say. Um, that's modelism. So, um, and, and I know you guys aren't going to memorize these names, and that's okay. But the, the, the important part about this is we still see a lot of these same heresies, theological arguments. Even today, we still see these things come up over and over and over again. Um, you watch TikTok. You'll say, well, they, they come up, well, you know, God did this. And then you can go back and say, "Well, that's actually monolism that they dealt with in 381. <laughs> um, um and 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 whatnot. So you're going to still see these kind of these kind of these kind of problems arise. Um, all right, I know. Deal with me two more. I want to get through two more things real quick before we quit. I think we have time. And this probably won't take the whole time. Not only did they have theological errors to deal with, not only did they have persecution to deal with, not only did they have heresies to deal with, not only did they have inner church fightings, they also had schisms. (laughs) Which is where the church, ecclesiastical just means church, the church splits. We like to, you know, we look at ourselves today and say, well, we got the Baptists and the Methodists and the, and we think it's new. From the very beginning, you were having church splits. Where they didn't agree with this part of your theology, but they don't, like, they're not hate you, they just don't agree with you on this part, we can't worship with you, we're going to split and become this one. And they're going to have uh church splits and there'll be some big church splits we haven't gotten to this yet but there will be the big church between the roman catholic and the orthodox church and we haven't gotten there yet that'll be the big church split and then the catholic church the protestants which is not till the 1500 so we're not we're definitely not there yet Um, but there are early church splits and one of them has to do with easter when do we celebrate easter in April? March or April? Springtime? You... In the early church, there became a, an argument between the East and the West, their churches, as to when to celebrate Easter. One side, the church of the East held that Easter should be celebrated on the 14th day of Nisan the date of the Passover according to the Jewish calendar, no matter what day of week it falls on. So, follow us the Jewish calendar. That's the Easter side. Um, the other side, we'll call it the Western side, you know, Polycarp and, and Roman bishops, they say, no, we want to celebrate it on the Sunday, After, um, um, following the 14th of Nisan. So whatever the Sunday is after the 14th of Nisan, which is why we celebrate. And uh, which side won out? The Sunday. The Sunday wins out. Um, But this divides the churches. This actually forms a split. What day do we celebrate Easter on? the rising of the Christ. Do we celebrate no matter what day it is after the 14th day of the Nisan, which is formed to the Jewish calendar, or do we celebrate it on Sunday, the, the first Sunday after the 14th of Nisan? And we, we think of it like no big deal. We celebrate, we celebrate it this day, but it, it becomes a very big deal. Um, me and um, my wife, we're talking about how I, as a as a parent, I would almost prefer if we moved Halloween, or trick-or-treating at least, to the Friday night, uh, the last Friday night of the month. It makes more sense to me. The kids don't have school the next morning. And uh, as a parent, it sounds great to me. But then the people arguing, no, it happens on All Hallows' Eve. That's where Halloween comes from. And, and can you imagine? And, and that's just... Uh, a generic Halloween uh, holiday about, you know, getting what day do we give our kids candy? Can you imagine a, a, a holiday as ripe as Easter as to what day we should celebrate it in as forming a how big of an argument this could form? And people form very deep connections to what day it is. Do we follow the Jewish calendar of Jesus or do we do it on Sunday because that's the Lord's day and it becomes a very big issue and it will split the ch- Eastern and Western Church into segments um, eventually the um, they uh, well the Western Church kind of pushes through its its point of view in 325 of the Council of Nicaea it's when the reason we have ours on Sunday happens because of Council of Nicaea. When the Western Church points, it's, uh, wins out enough votes, I guess you could say. But it does divide the church. Last one. This is another split. And this one's called Donatism. And this controversy develops about 312 as a result of the persecution of the church by Diocletian, which is one of the Roman emperors. Um, and most of, the, most of the controversy was centered in North Africa. Church of Alexandria, very big at the time, very powerful. Um, yeah. Donatism, heresy, um, a churchman named Donatus wanted to exclude um, a bishop of Carthage because he had been consecrated by Felix, who was accused of being a traitor during the Diocletian persecution. I'm skipping a lot of Roman history here. Um, go read the fall and riot, the decline of the the Roman history it 's eight volume series um, if you 'd like to know more about this time period um, but he um, he wants to say that that um, that this certain bishop um, because he had been um, Consecrated or put in office by Felix, who had committed the unpardonable sin uh, during the persecution, and um, and and so Donatus, become, Donatus becomes uh, bishop. And um, well, let me let me back up, Ted. Constantine will give churches money. The Donatists don't get any, <laughs> and this will start a, 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 a kind of a. a, a um, they don't receive aid, and they don't get to become part of the um, the the bishops and and it. Becomes a problem, like which churches, you know, is this a church religion? Is this the, you know, it becomes a state. Is what churches are part of the state and which churches aren't? Does the state rule the, the church? And we start having these arguments. The Donatists are arguing against this position. And Augustine comes in and, and has words with them. And, um, um, and But Donatists begins to question this bishop, and say, well, he is not morally pure because he was concentrated by an immorally poor person, and therefore he can't give the sacraments. Lord's Supper, baptism, marriage. Um, And so the Donatist begin to say that in order to receive the sacraments, you have to be done from a morally pure person and who's someone that's completely pure. The problem becomes in their teachings is who is pure. And how do you decide who is pure? And... a miss a lot of people start misinterpreting scriptures and and um, and 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 they start using scriptures to point to their point of view and this person that person that person can't do it and this person can and, and they start fighting with and it becomes a, a church fight as to who can give scriptures who can do the sacraments imagine how, how important the sacraments are in your life think about your baptism how important was that um, some of you communion very important some of you not so much um i grew up in a traditional communion was important but not something i'm going to get all worked up over that's the reason i say you can use peanut butter and water well, and water if you need to um but, in some traditions, you know if it 's not given a certain way by the priest you 're not have not received the holy uh, sacrament and um, and it becomes a very big issue about who could do this and and which bishop is this and they start arguing about bishop power and it becomes a, a, a argument over which bishops have power and so this is a theological error that. And, and, and this is why I bring it up because this is the church fighting with itself over these issues um, now it could have weakened the church and actually even killed it if it got too far but what it does is it forces people to think about belief and develop organization and how what do we mean and what and, and process and it'll actually form it will actually lead to some of the the councils we're going to see um, and the defense of the faith which we're, actually we're going to talk next week uh, not next week week after about the defense of the faith which is the, that big word apologist that you might hear we're going to talk about some of the earliest apologists um, and because it leads to these these what does Christianity look like as it's developing what does a Christianity so these churches are very important because it is the church fighting itself but it also leads to us just like in the Old Testament, right? It's when they were taken in a ca- captivity that they started writing things down and thinking about, well, what about this and what about that? They didn't need to think about that. When the Donatists start coming in, they start thinking, well, what about this? What about this subject? What do we do about this? And so these arguments actually form, like, for good or for bad, form what will become the church. Of course, the Roman church will eventually win out. but We're not there yet. We're still at Constantinople. <laughs> um, all right. I told you, that was the last one. We'll talk about defense of the faith um, next time. Next, time uh, next week, we are breaking from our normal activities to have a worship night. And so we'll be having a worship night. If you're following us online, we will not be broadcasting that. Um, You can listen to praise music from whatever your favorite radio station is. Um, Or you can come in person. But most people that are joining us online is because they can't get here. Um, But uh, we will not be broadcasting that. So, um... Uh, do we have any questions about what we talked about today? I know it was a lot of material, but we still see these things as a very long-lasting heresies. No, no, no? All right, would someone pray us out? Thank you, Bernice.